Um, it's interesting, the songs we sang tonight, where we're going tonight in, in, the, in the Word, the name of my uh, sermon, if you, if you have a bulletin or you have a prayer list, it says, Victory Formation. Have you ever heard that term in football? When the game's over, there's only 30 seconds left, and the coach says, go get into victory formation. Well, that's where he just goes. They all kind of crowd around the quarterback, and he just takes a knee because it's over. There's nothing the other team can do. It's over. But the victory formation that we're going to look at in the next couple weeks is praise. Everybody say praise. Three concepts found in Scripture are closely related, yet they're distinct in their worship, praise, and thanksgiving. All occur very, very frequently in the Word, in the Bible, and it's so important that we can distinguish between the three. Worship is primarily an attitude or a posture of the body. The bowing of the head, the bowing of the entire upper part of the body, prostrating yourself on the ground, or even bowing the human spirit before God. But praise, on the other hand, is an utterance. The Bible is emphatic that praise must come out of the mouth. Praise has got to come out of your mouth. Have you, have you noticed the last few weeks how important I've tried to make the point of how important it is that you speak? God moves by you speaking. The kingdom of God is, uh, is heavily influenced by speaking what you are saying out of your mouth. Thanksgiving. So we're looking at worship, praise. Now Thanksgiving comes when we thank God for what he's done. Duh. Thanksgiving is when we thank God for what he's done. It's not just a meal. In worship, we relate to God's holiness. In praise, we relate to God's greatness. In thanksgiving, we relate to God's goodness. In worship... We relate to his holiness. In praise, we relate to his greatness. In thanksgiving, we relate to his goodness. Now, with that start, with that kind of intro to worship, praise, and thanksgiving, let's look just this this evening about uh, the theme of just praise. Psalm 48, verse 1 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in his holy mountain. Now, I caught Blake off guard. He just pulled uh, the closest translation he could get. I wasn't able to give it to him, so I'm going to read you what I've got. But I've got, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. This says, in the mountain of his holiness. I've got in his holy mountain. The Lord is great, and for that reason, he's to be praised. Because he is great, he should be praised. Praise relates us, catch this, praise relates us to his greatness. He is to be praised in proportion to his greatness. Let me give you uh, about seven scriptural facts about praise. Number one, scriptural fact about praise, number one. Praise is God's address. 
You want to know God's address? It's praise. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, Okay, uh, Psalm 22, 3, 22 verse 3 says, Thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Do you get that? Praise is God's address. It's where he lives. If we read another translation of this, it says that uh, God abides in the praises of his people. The Hebrew, mean, the Hebrew word means to live in a place. If you want to be where God lives, you must offer him praise. The Hebrew word that means to live in a place is the same word for to sit. To live in a place is the same word for to sit. A settlement, for instance, is a place of sitting. The New King James Bible has beautifully translated this verse to say, you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. What does that mean? Praise is God's throne. Our praise does not make him a king. Catch me now. Our praise doesn't make him a king. He's a king whether we praise him or not. He's God whether we praise him or not. Amen? But when we praise Him, we offer Him His throne. He is enthroned in the praises of Israel. We welcome Him and recognize His kingship. Praise is God's dwelling place and where His throne is established. He is enthroned in the praises of His people. Do you see how important it is that we praise the Lord? And not just in church, at home. Believe you me, I want the Lord to be enthroned in my home. How many knows every demon from hell will come in, your, come in your kid's bedroom at night, will come in your house at night, through your TV, through your thoughts, through all kinds of stuff. I need the king of kings on the throne in my household, in my car. Everywhere I go, I need the throne of God. I need God on his throne in my life. How do I do that? Praise Him. I praise Him. I praise Him. Scriptural fact about praise number two. It is the way into His presence. Psalm 104, I'm sorry, Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, His truth endures to all generations. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You, you've got to be able to put these things to memory. And I do it to song. It's the old school. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. It just makes you happy. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. Try singing that when you're down. You won't be down long. It's scriptural. 
praise is the way into God's presence. It's the way into His gates and courts. The way into His gates and courts is with praise and thanksgiving. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I will enter His courts with praise. This scripture that I just read gives you three reasons why we ought to praise good. Number one, the Lord is good. What immediate, does anything want to immediately go with that? The Lord is good. All the time. I want to say, and his mercy endures forever. Sorry, I couldn't hear you, Judy. You got to be loud. The Lord is good all the time. God is good all the time. And his mercy endures forever. Does that not make you want to praise him? Why do we have to make things so difficult? Why not just praise Him? Why not? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why not? What else? Three reasons. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Well, I just said that. I didn't mean to say that. I couldn't help it. His mercy endures forever. It's the same thing I just said. Oh, well. Number two, His mercy is everlasting. Number three, His truth endures to all generations. That's good. Each of those statements is always true no matter what happens. No matter where you are, God is good and His mercy endures forever and His truth endures to all generations. Always. What is that? That's a a definite or a, what do you call it? Um. I'll think of it in a minute. If you want to get into God's presence, it is the only gate. There is no other. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 says, Violence shall no longer be heard in in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. God lives in a city surrounded by walls called salvation. Scripture clearly states that the only way through that wall is by a gate. And every gate is praise. In other words, without praise, there is no access into the presence of God and the place where His people dwell. There's a gate. And that gate is by praising the Lord. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Number three, scriptural fact about praise. Praise and God's blessing. Let's look at this. Psalm 106 verse 47 says, Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Praise is God's reason for blessing us, the interest on what he has invested in us. God saves us and brings us together to fellowship with him and with one another. And then he gives us, he gives us, he wants us to give thanks to his name and triumph in his praise. You know, David had been going through a long, dark period of his life. You know, many of us also can look back at some things that we've gone through and maybe feel similarly. But look at what what he says in Psalm uh, chapter 30, 
verse 11. He says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that this is the purpose that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. God does these things that our glory may sing praise to him and not be silent. But I want to ask you, what what is our glory? If we compare these two scriptures that we've just looked at, there's no doubt to the answer. If we, no, the two scriptures we're going to look at, there's no doubt, doubt to the answer. Psalm verse 16, chapter 9, <laughs> Psalm chapter 9, verse 16 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter quotes this verse saying, Acts chapter 2, verse 26, Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. What does that tell us? I believe it tells us that our glory is our tongue. When the Bible says, my glory will give thanks to you, it means my tongue will give thanks to you. And Dad, David adds, and I will not be silent. It's the organ of the body that either speaks or is silent. And Scripture tells us it's the hardest thing to tame. God's primary purpose in giving you a tongue is to praise Him. It is the number one member of the body with which you may most perfectly praise and glorify God. Do you remember that God blesses you, that He delivers you, that He takes away your mourning so that, you're praise, so that you will praise Him and not be silent? I hope I can get to it tonight. I'm already out of time. I'm going to give you a reason to praise before we end this. It may not be tonight. Let's look at this right here. We'll end with this one right here. Number four, scriptural fact about praise. It is our spiritual garment. Now, I think you know where I'm going with this because I use the scripture a lot. Praise is a part of our spiritual clothing. Isaiah 61 talks about the, the coming Messiah, and he says right here that he would, in, in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, that he would console Console those who mourn in Zion. Console those that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, which is the emblem of mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil being the emblem of the Holy Spirit. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And in modern English, we've just looked at this over the last couple Wednesday nights. The spirit of heaviness can be depression. And it's a spirit. Do you remember what we looked at last week? How the spirit knows you. It knows when to hit you. It's studied you. Satan is smart. He knows where your weak spots are. He knows when to attack and when not to attack. This is a spirit of heaviness. But when you wear the garment of praise... The spirit of depression leaves. Another scripture says in Psalm 33, 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. 
When you put on the garment of praise in the Spirit, you are looking your best. You are looking your best for the Lord. For the praise of the upright is beautiful. How many more do I have? And I'll stop. I've got a few more. Let me do one more. One more. Number five, salvation and praise. Praise. Do you remember last week? Do you remember what we kind of touched on? Was, was it deliverance? Was that last week or was that the week before? Maybe It was the week before. We had VBS last week. How in the world did I forget that? We had an absolute, I felt like we had a real powerful deliverance time Wednesday night. Does anybody remember? That those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Psalm chapter 50 verse 23 says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. I think we can translate this verse this way. Whoever offers praise glorifies me and prepares a way that I might show him my salvation. Through praising God, we open the way for him to intervene supernaturally on our behalf. One story in 2 Chronicles. This alien army was invading Judah and King Jehoshaphat realized that he didn't have the resources, the army big enough to meet this army coming after him. So what did he do? He resorted, he resorted to spiritual weapons. Before they marched out in the battle in accordance with God's instruction, this is what they did, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Have you ever read in the Old Testament, whenever they're about to go out to war, do you know, do you know what tribe always went first? With the children of God, with the children of Israel, always. Who was it? Judah. What does Judah mean? Judah means praise. And Jehoshaphat realized we're in trouble. You know, I shouldn't even be thinking about fighting this battle on my own, but it's obvious I can't win on my own. Let's send the praisers first. See how that goes. You remember Jehoshaphat was the one that was about to go to battle, was about to team up with another king, and the other king was hearing from all these other uh, wise men. Wise men. Look, they're all around us. We'd better be hearing the word of God in our life because he's hearing from all these voices saying, go, go, go. And Jehoshaphat said, wait a minute. Where's the man of God? What does he say? We talked about this last week. But do you remember what happened? The other king decided, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, dress, I'm going to, what do you, get in cahoots, or I'm going to go incognito. I'm going to dress like somebody else. Let Jehoshaphat go out there, and I'm going to sneak around. And do you remember the, the, the armies that were going to fight wanted that other king? They said, just kill that king. And here goes Jehoshaphat in all his garments of robes and in all his majesty, and they see him and they chase him. And they say, wait a minute, that's not him. And some stray arrow goes through the armor of this king and kills him. With all that said, 
Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him I will show salvation. Who got salvation in that battle with Jehoshaphat and that other king? Jehoshaphat did. Why? Because he sought the Lord. So what did he do? He says, send the praisers out. Those that should praise with the beauty of holiness went out before saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Can you imagine? You're about to fight and you see this army and he's he's sending out who? What does he want to do? He's sending people out to sing to him? Can you imagine? Strange battle strategy. Instead of sending out the tanks, he sent out the choir. Sounds crazy, but it worked. When God's people praised the Lord, what happened? God intervened. Do you remember when Paul was in jail? They had been beaten. They had been beaten. They were bloody. Paul and Silas. It says in Acts, look, wait a minute, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, the next couple of verses. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now, let's go to Paul and Silas, and this will be my next closing. I'll close this time, I promise. It's midnight, they've been beaten, their backs covered with blood, they're in a maximum security prison, their feet and hands are in stocks, they're locked up, and what do they do? They start to worship. They start to praise. And what happens? It says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. In the Greek it says the prisoners listened attentively. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. What happened? Paul and Silas were, were treated wrong. But there they were praising the Lord. And what happened? God intervened. Are you at the end of your rope? I'm going to stop here. We're not done. Are you at the end of your rope? Are you ready to throw in the towel? Somebody praise the Lord. Don't wait to feel like it. Because you won't. Do it anyway. And keep praising until you feel like it. It says put on the spirit, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness will flee. Just start praising the Lord. How do you praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is that so deep? You are worthy. You are mighty. You are awesome. Holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous, and mighty. Lord, we praise you. We lift you up. We magnify. We glorify. We exalt you. We extol extol you. We adore you. Hallelujah. I love that song. It's all about him. Will somebody do that? Are you in the midst of falling apart emotionally, psychologically, financially, maritally? How many leads can I put on there? Praise the Lord. Start there. It is the gate in. Let me give you another word. It's the gate out. It's the gate out of your hell. You're in hell, start praising the Lord. You will come out. You will come out. Say praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this church be a praising church. 
Let this church acknowledge your majesty and your kingdom and your power and your greatness and your mercy and your goodness. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of our hands in the air. You are worthy of us bowing to our knees. You are worthy of us laying on the floor. You are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, give us breakthrough as we praise you. Your word says that if we'll lift you up, Lord, you'll draw all men unto you. Let us lift you up, Lord. And it says that he inhabits your praises. What does that mean? He comes where you are. And you know what else it says when he comes? He comes with healing in his wings. Thank you, Lord. We just praise you, worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great week.